Thanks for tuning in to the High School at 12 Stone Church ministry podcast. Let this message be a source of truth and encouragement. Let's lean into this week's message. Part of my story is that I grew up in a broken 
divorced when I was nine years old. That was a really, really tough season for me as a young man. To sum it all up, I was basically living out of a duffel bag, going back and forth every other week. It was difficult. But I'm so thankful that I had an encounter with Jesus during the time of middle school. I'll never forget it. I, I walked into my papa's office one day. I call him papa. Sorry, if you, if you don't like that. But he's my papa. And I walked into my papa's office, and, and it was a few years after the divorce. My parents were, it was just a, it was a really painful and hurtful season. It was hard. And, and I just was searching for things. I was looking for more. And I remember, hey, I knew about Jesus. I remember the songs that we would sing in children's ministry and, and, and all of these things. And they, I just like, man, I heard people talk about a relationship with him. And I went to my papa and said, papa. I want a relationship with Jesus. I'll never forget. I was just in tears. And I didn't know why. I was like, why am I crying? You know, like you, you've probably been there before. Some of you. I'll never forget that moment. I accepted Christ, asked him to be the Lord of my life. And then that following Sunday, I took the step of baptism. and went public with my faith. And I just went on this journey to be a Christian, to follow Jesus with my life. At a pretty young age. I want to share a part in my story that many of you may not know. When I was in ninth grade and 10th grade, if you could just pick a word to just stamp over my life, it would be the word stamp. Ninth and 10th grade, I was fake. I grew up in church, right? Grew up in church. I knew all the songs. I knew all the teachings. I knew all of the stuff. I was actually at everything, to be honest with you. I was actually even at the church when the church wasn't going on. Because I just go over there and just hang out with my papa. I was, I was at the church. And, and so through this season of my life in ninth and 10th grade, if you could put one word over it, it would be fake. I was... I had all the Christianese down, you know? All the Christianese. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been around church. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can quote off scripture verses. Oh, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you. But yet, I mean, like, I got that. But was it really changing my life, you know? Oh, Philippians 4, 13. For I can do all things. Oh, and listen, I would even, I would even be like, you know, when someone approaches you, like, you know that they, like, you do church, like, you go to church, so obviously you can pray for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I'd be, have people approach me because they knew I went to church, right? Uh, and they're like, can you pray for me, man? Or can you do this? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'll pray for you. I walk away, I've never prayed. would look at me on my sports team, football, basketball, baseball, we're going to have a team prayer, guess who's praying? Me. But I'm going to tell you something, my life in public was not the same as it was in private. I put on a show. I was faking it, man. But I was not. God wasn't changing my life. God wasn't transforming me. 
the transaction. You know what I'm saying? I was just checking it off. I was just doing church. Christianity was something that I did. It's not who I was. And so, for me, I was fake. I had the form of godliness, but yet the power of God in my life was not evident. And there's a there's a scripture that I want to share with you to open up our time tonight. Because here's the reality. I know that many of us struggle with this same thing. You're here. But what's happened, you're just, you just show up. God couldn't, he's not doing anything in your life. You're just filling a seat. And Paul actually warned somebody. Paul is an author of the New Testament. He wrote over half of the New Testament. And he, it would be like if I wrote to one of you, basically. He, he writes to a guy named Timothy. I don't want you to turn there in your Bibles. I just want you to listen. Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, and he's basically warning Timothy, because Timothy wants to really make an impact in his life, right? He wants to, he wants God to use his life. He wants to have an impact. He, he wants to, you know, influence a lot of people for the sake of Christ. It's going to be great, right? Paul's warning him, trying to set him up for success, to say, hey, you better watch out for these people. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, Paul says, this. He says, but mark this. And let me, hold up, before I get going. Paul's words, well, he spoke over 2,000 years ago. I think are even more prevalent today. I think we need to hear it. So let's read it. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Check. Lovers of money, check. Boastful, proud, abusive, check, check, check. That's a good one. Disobedient to their parents. Y'all know nothing about that, do you? Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous. Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. He goes on to say, have nothing to do with such people. In ninth and tenth grade, that was me. You better believe I had the form of godliness. But yet the power of God was not evident in my life. People people would see me, man. They would see me. They would see what I would do. But they really didn't know who I was. So this begs the question. If we have a bunch of if we have a bunch of people like me running around faking it and we think we're gonna make it. We got a problem. And so what does the real what, what does it mean to be a real Christian? That's the question I want you to write in your notes right now. What does it mean to be a real Christian? We're gonna go after it in 2018. I hope you know that. 
What does it mean to be a real Christian? I want you to think about how you would answer that question. What does it look like to be a real Christian? Because it's very, very important how you would answer that question. And if your life would reflect your answer, what does it mean? And I think that this begs another question. You're going to get three questions right off the bat. For you to know God, but Him not know you. And Jesus actually talks about what I just what I just asked. Is it possible for you to know God, but yet God not know you? Is it very, very possible? And I'm going to tell you, it's a very, very scary place to be. This was a wake-up call to me in 11th grade. It's like, man. I've been faking it way too, uh, I'm done with this, right? And I read this passage of scripture in Matthew 7. And you can turn there if you want to. Matthew 7, this is the words of Jesus, and it's actually his greatest teaching. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. You guys can read it in three chapters. It's, it's legit. And I want to read you a piece of it because he talks about true and false Now everyone knows who he says to me. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons? And in your name, did we, did, did we not perform many miracles? For you, it would be, Lord, did I not go to H12 every Tuesday? Lord, did I not join a small group? I mean, Lord, let's be, let's be honest. I went to big. I went to a spiritual church retreat. I prayed for three days straight. You're going to tell me you don't know me? 
And here in this passage of Scripture, what, what Jesus is trying to, to make known is that, hey, listen, these people are listing off their spiritual accolades, this to-do list, and basically they're holding it up and saying, did I make it? Did I make it? Because of who you are, your life, you will live, you, you don't have to worry about what you're going to do. That's what you follow Jesus because you have a desire to do that. For me, wrestling of all of this is the third question I want to ask you. Does Jesus know you? Because we can go through this life and we can we can we can do all of these things. We can do all of these things and yet still Jesus not know us. What is this chair? What is this chair? What is this chair? That's right. And so I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe you've seen this before. Maybe you've seen fake Christians. Maybe you've been one yourself. But in 2018, I believe. Throughout this series, is we're going to have these chairs up here, and I want to just lay a foundation for you tonight of what these chairs are. Here in a minute. This is what I would say is a real chair. This chair represents someone who understands that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, he was resurrected from the grave, and, and, and because of this, our sins are forgiven. Because of this, we have a way back to God. Because of this, our our hope is found in the name of Jesus, and we get to we we get to spend eternity with Him when we have a relationship with Him, and we ask Him to be the Lord of our life. This person understands that. This person understands that I, this is not just a, a message. To 
not just something that is private, but this is public. My my life, this real Christian, is is living for Jesus, sold out, fully devoted to make Jesus' name known. That's what this means. It's not one or the other. Like they are sold out. And here's the deal. Some of you, here's what here's how we would define this person nowadays. And this really, this really frustrates me. We would say that this person is a radical Christian. It's the difference between he's a radical Christian. They just live differently. They look different. They talk different. They're just radical. Let me tell you something. There's not a word, there's not radical Christian in the Bible anywhere. You know what? You know what's happened? We've had too many people proclaim the name of Jesus and yet live like the world. And so the people who actually live like Jesus and love like Jesus, they're radical. And yet all reality, they're just Christians. That's a problem. That we have too many people saying that. We have too many people, they like the idea of it, but they don't want the cost of it. I don't know about you, but Jesus, there was a cost.
because they're honest. They're the most honest person in the room right now. Saying, listen, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't want anything to do with what you're doing. Listen, uh, that's cool. I'm show, I show up because a friend invited me, but I get to listen to whoever wants to say. Or I can sing the song and everybody else is singing. I don't, I don't do that stuff, right? And, and so, listen, if that's you and you're, you're here, you're just like non-Christian, you're like, I'm good. Man, thanks for being here. Like, listen, like, thanks for being here. We love that you're here. And um, I, I'm not in the business of transforming your life. God is. So, listen, I would love to continue to hang out with you and just, like, you to come here. Um, because I, I, our prayer and our hope is that you would get to share life. That, that everybody actually that are sitting in these three chairs would get here to share Here's the deal. 75 to 80% of you in the room are right here. What, what chair number is this? What is this? Luke 1. What chair number is this? this chair disgusts me, and this chair, it would disgust you. Because you know what I said earlier when we said radical Christian? It's because of the life that I was living, it's because of the life others are, are living. When it comes to being uh, Christians, we're, we're just faking. We're faking it, and you know what? Christians get all angry and mad and all these other things, and like, we're just like, oh man, like, what? When we, it's like, it's like a really bad thing when people call, they call us hypocrites. Anybody, oh, that Christian is such a hypocrite. Oh my goodness, such a hypocrite. Do you know why people say that? It's because they see people claiming to know Jesus, going to church, like say they're Christians, but yet their life is no different than their friends or the people around them. And it's a radical thing when people start to live like Jesus. Because we have too many people sitting in chair two and chair three. You know where the word hypocrite comes from? The, the word hypocrite comes from the Greek. And it comes from Greek theater. And, and hypocrite, um, it basically means an actor or a, a, a stage player. The, the word makes more sense when, when you know this. The actors in, in, in those times would put on these 